Entering the Bardo by Joanna Macy. In this op-ed, eco-philosopher and Buddhist scholar Joanna Macy introduces us to the Bardo, the Tibetan Buddhist concept of a gap between worlds where transition is possible. As the pandemic reveals ongoing collapse and holds a mirror to our collective ills, she writes, we have the opportunity to step into a space of reimagining. We are in a space without a map. With the likelihood of economic collapse and climate catastrophe looming, it feels like we're on shifting ground, where old habits and old scenarios no longer apply. In Tibetan Buddhism, such a space or gap between known worlds is called Abado. It is frightening. It is also a place of potential transformation. As you enter the bardo, there facing you is the Buddha Akashabaya. His element is water. He is holding a mirror, for his gift is mirror wisdom, reflecting everything just as it is. And the teaching of Akashabaya's mirror is this. Do not look away. Do not avert your gaze. Do not turn aside. This teaching clearly calls for radical attention and total acceptance. For the last 40 years, I've been growing a form of experiential group work called The Work That Reconnects. It is a framework for personal and social change in the face of overwhelming crisis. A way of transforming despair and apathy into collaborative action. Like the mirror wisdom of Akashabaya, the work that reconnects helps people tell the truth about what they see and what they feel is happening to our world. It also helps them find the motivation, tools and resources for taking part in our collective self-healing. When we come together for this work, at the outset, we discern three stories or versions of reality that are shaping our world so that we can see them more clearly and choose which one we want to get behind. The first narrative we identify is business as usual, by which we mean the growth economy or global corporate capitalism. We hear this marching order from virtually every voice in government, publicly traded corporations, the military and corporate controlled media. The second is called the great unravelling an ongoing collapse of living structures. This is what happens when ecological, biological and social systems are commodified through an industrial growth society or business as usual frame. I like the term unravelling because systems don't just fall over dead, they fray, progressively losing their coherence, integrity and memory. The third story is the central adventure of our time, the transition to a life-sustaining society. The magnitude and scope of this transition, which is well underway when we know where to look, is comparable to the agricultural revolution some 10,000 years ago and the industrial revolution a few centuries back. Contemporary social thinkers have various names for it, such as the ecological or sustainability revolution. In the work that reconnects, we call it the great turning. Simply put, 
our aim with this process of naming and deep recognition of what is happening to our world is to survive the first two stories and keep bringing more and more people and resources into the third story. Through this work, we can choose to align with business as usual, the unravelling of living systems, or the creation of a sustaining society. In the last couple of years, a number of us involved in this work have recognised that given the pace of great unravelling, we are heading towards economic and indeed civilizational collapse. Our thinking was aided by the adaptation work of Jem Bendel, which seeks to prepare for and live with societal breakdown. I'd also like to acknowledge the earlier contributions in French-speaking Europe of Pablo Savine and Raphael Stevens. The prescient work focuses on collapse and transition and is only just now coming out in English. Since the present world economy has been unable to cut greenhouse gas emissions by even the slightest fraction of a degree, it now seems obvious that we cannot avoid climate catastrophe. Many of us had assumed that the great turning could forestall such disintegration, but now we have come to recognise the great turning as a process and a commitment to help us avoid the breakdown of the industrialised growth economy. The motivation and skills we gain by engaging in the work that reconnects provide the guidance, solidarity and trust needed to make our way through this inevitable breakdown. There are many dimensions to this work that address the psychological and spiritual issues of the time, and I've found a fruitful resonance between Buddhist thought and postmodern science. Much of the work that reconnects has been informed by Buddhist teachings. I now think of the great turning as somewhat like bodhicitta, the intention to serve all beings. This is the mind state of the bodhisattva, the being who, in their great compassion, delays nirvana in order to address the world's suffering. I remember my Tibetan telling me that bodhicitta is like a flame in the heart, and I often I can feel it there. COVID-19 reminds us that apocalypse in its ancient meaning, connates revelation and unveiling. It can seem pretty clear now who is holding up Ashoka Bayer's mirror. It is COVID-19. The coronavirus has come upon us fast. We knew nothing a short while ago. First, it made us pause so we could take in what the mirror is reflecting. We've been so busy and distracted in our different versions of the rat race that we haven't been able to pay attention to our actual situation. We had to cease our rushing about in order to see who, what and where we are. COVID-19 reminds us that the apocalypse, in its ancient meaning, connotes revelation and unveiling, and what had unveiled. A pandemic contagious that it immediately revealed our failed healthcare system and our utter interdependence. The need to prioritise the collective nature of our well-being dramatically rose to the surface, especially within America, United States, which is the most hyper-individualised country in the world. As Malcolm X put it, when we change the I for the we, even illness becomes wellness. The patterns of contagion then cast a spotlight on what we most need to see. 
nursing homes where old people are warehoused, the meatpacking industry, so dangerous to crowded workers, so cruel to the animals, so costly to the climate, where millions are locked away, now becoming petri dishes of contamination. The fault lines of racial inequality in our society now bear, laid bare in the pandemic's disproportionate impacts on black, brown and indigenous communities. 60% of places are African-American, thanks to pre-existing conditions fostered by inequities in healthcare and environmentalism. On top of that, George Floyd not only revealed the racism and brutality of our police culture, but aroused unparalleled protests, sweeping the country and calling for the abolition of police departments and unions. Globally in the US, many of us are discovering a new solidarity in our determination to move beyond racism we inherited. In this uprising, I'm inspired by courage, creativity, and of those engaging in public demonstrations who are influencing many civil servants to take action of city councils, agencies, and even police departments. It is no wonder that the Bardo represents a place where the unknown, even the inconceivable, can happen, and where we who enter are profoundly changed. We dare to face the cruel social and ecological realities we've been accustomed to. Courage is born, and powers within us are liberated to reimagine and even perhaps one day rebuild a world. Do not look away. Do not avert your gaze. Do not turn aside. Credits. Writer was Joanna Macy, PhD. She's an echo philosopher and scholar of Buddhism, general series theory, general systems theory and deep ecology. As the founder and root teacher of the work that reflects, Joanna has created frameworks for personal and social change, transforming despair and apathy into constructive change. She's written numerous books, including Widening Circles, her personal memoir, and World as Lover, World as Self, Courage for Global and Ecological Renewal. Joanna is known for her translations of Amari's Rilke's poetry. This article has been shared with permission published in Emergence magazine, 20th of July, 2020.